Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. By the way, uh, quick update on our pizza math for Aces games. Depending on what exactly Willie's tweet meant, if it's $23,000 over the course of the entire season, that works out to a little bit more than $4 per slice of pizza. If it's $23,000 for just the last two home games, which is only 1,700 pizzas, that works out to over $13 per slice of pizza. I can't say. I know where this place is. It's in Mandalay Bay, right at the food court. Right. I've seen long lines there, so it must be good pizza. Um, or you just went after the Aces at a free giveaway. No, I didn't. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've been at Mandalay Bay different times where there's been long lines for the pizza. I My guess is it's more $4 a slice. Because I don't think the lines would be that long. If it's, it's like, it's not that good a pizza. It's good pizza, but it's not that good a pizza. $13 a slice would be ridiculous. Uh, but there are your miss twice, get a slice numbers from Willie Ramirez. Now, in the world of college football, first off, some UNLV updates here. Doug Brumfield's going to start against Cal uh, for UNLV. Marcus Arroyo said yesterday, though, there's no plan to play all three quarterbacks, right? Brumfield's going to start, and if he's good, Brumfield's going to finish that game. Obviously, if he's not any good, they could make a quarterback change in there. Uh, So, do you believe the quarterback battle is over, or do you believe next week we are talking about who should start at quarterback for you and I? With Marcus Arroyo, I never believe it's over. (laughs) I never believe the quarterback battle's over. It should be in this moment. Uh, if he goes out and throws three picks and they get blown out, I don't know if it should be, you know, it should be over at that point. Um, but no, I don't believe it's actually over. But if he plays well, I think he just continues to be the guy, and he should be. I believe it is over until Brumfield has multiple bad games, multiple. Like if he goes, out, okay, obviously if he goes out and he's like throws five picks on his first five passes, that's one thing. But if he goes out and he's just, like, bad against Cal, not, like, horrible, but if he's just like, oh, he's 10 of 21 for 111 yards and one touchdown, two picks, I don't think that's enough for him to be benched for Harrison Bailey, right? Now, if he does that against Cal and then does the same thing against North Texas the following week, especially if they're losing at some point in that game to North Texas, then I think the quarterback battle is back on. But I think he has bought himself at least one game of, you know, below standard play. Now, again, if his first five passes are picked off in a game, something crazy bad like that, then pretty much every quarterback's getting benched in that scenario. But I think if he's just sort of bad and not terrible, he'll he's still the starting quarterback going into week three. Now, back-to-back games, then I think it's back on. What I thought was more interesting The UNLV depth chart, there's still an or by the quarterbacks, but it's not for the starting spot. It's for the backup spot. Brumfield is listed as the starter, but the number two spot is Harrison Bailey or Cameron Friel. Cam Friel. And here's my question. Harrison Bailey threw eight passes uh, in the season opener against Idaho State. Has he really fallen after eight passes? Has Marcus Arroyo really already changed his mind that Bailey went from potential starter in week one Eight passes later to he might be third string. I don't think he went to third string. I think Cam Friel came in and threw that touchdown pass. So maybe they're giving Cam Friel some confidence by saying or. Um I but I don't I think if Doug Brumfield goes down or is just not any good this week, like you said, and he does something crazy and it's just really, really bad and they 
feel they have to make a choice. I think I think you still uh, think Harrison Bailey. Bailey is the next guy in. I think I agree with you, but I don't know. Like you said, it's Marcus Arroyo. It could be Cam Friel coming in right away. Um, here's the thing. Very small sample size. That first game against Idaho State for Bailey and Friel. Brumfield actually threw 25 passes, which is he threw like 40 last year. So that's right. almost as many as he threw off last year. But for the other two, very small sample size. I can't imagine as a head coach, you would make a change based on eight total passes from Harrison. No. Bailey. I can't imagine you would in terms make, of him being the backup, right? I can't imagine you'd make that change based on eight total right. passes. So I have to imagine Bailey's still the guy, but it is Marcus Arroyo. He's made some questionable quarterback decisions in the past. So if Brumfield's hurt, if Brumfield's horrible and they do want to make a change, I expect it to be Bailey, but I still wouldn't be stunned if it were Cam Friel instead. Um, UNLV did not play in week one after they got a win in week zero, but I'm going to read some scores to you from the Mountain West. Power against Power Five opponents here. Illinois beat Wyoming 38 to 6. Vanderbilt beat Hawaii in week zero, 63 to 10. Michigan beat Colorado State 51 to 7. Alabama beat Utah State 55 to nothing. All of those probably expected losses. Maybe not that big of a spread between them all, but all of those expected losses. The two bad ones for the Mountain West, though. Arizona went to San Diego State and won 38 to 20. As a six and a half point dog, by the way. Oregon State beat Boise State 34 to 17. The Mountain West is 0-6 against Power 5 opponents with all six losses by 17 or more. That means all six losses by three possessions or more. Is the Mountain West going to be bad this season? Well, by those scores it is. And I'll tell you what, San Diego State and Boise State, which wants to get into the Pac-12... Didn't look very good against two bad Pac-12 teams, right? Right. They did not go I and I mean, a lot more to... goes into it, but it's not like they showed up and said, hey, we deserve to be in your league. We're going to beat your bad teams. Yeah. They got run out. They did not lose to Oregon and Utah. No. They lost to Oregon State and Arizona. And Arizona. They didn't and, lose to Arizona State. Right. And by 17 and 18, not like, oh, Oregon State squeaked one out by a field goal. Right. They lost by three possessions to those teams. Um, you also had San Jose State got a win. But they played FCS Portland State and won by four. Had to come back and win that game. So, so far, the Mountain West season. I mean, Nevada is 2-0, and but their wins are Texas State, New Mexico State. UNLV is 1-0. They beat Idaho State. New Mexico's 1-0. Oh. They beat Maine, though, who's another FCS okay. school. Like, there's not really anything the Mountain West has done so far this year Oh, no, not in any terms. No, right. Like, no, we, nah, it's only been a week, but still not even moral victory weeks, right? It's like, it'd be like if Colorado state had gone to Michigan and lost 34 to 21, you'd walk away being like, well, played pretty well in that game, but they got beat 51 to seven. I watched it. Right. Like, so it's not even like, there's not moral victories here. So to bring this back to UNLV. Is there any chance this conference is going to be easier for you and to pick up wins than we thought? Perhaps. I'm staying with my five. I'm staying with my five. You going to go up? You going to go up to five yet? Not yet. Not yet? I won't do it yet. yet. I won't do it yet. But I'm certainly thinking that way. And now I'm watching these games like San Diego State, Boise State. Yeah. Like if these teams, if Fresno State. Boise State benched its quarterback. Yeah. If these teams... That guy's been around for 20 years. Yeah, they still have Bachmeyer there. He's still there. (laughs) If these teams continue to play that poorly, 
then you'll start looking at these games. And instead of San Diego State, Boise State, Fresno State being like, ah, that's a, you know, 90% loss. Suddenly well, becomes, we'll start looking at that that run of five or six games where we had like win win loss, five or six loss win right. win to try to get to five or to, you know being flirting with six or whatever. You start looking at those five games. Okay, are there more wins there than people right. people imagine? All of a sudden, Boise State San Diego State goes from two almost guaranteed losses to oh, not that good. You could right. probably beat them. So yeah, I, I think it's a legitimate question at this point where you start looking around saying, okay, how good is this conference and are some of these teams much worse than expected to where UNLV could beat them, right? I mean, right now, Air Force is probably the most impressive-looking yes. team in the Mountain West, yes. right? I, UNLV does play Air Force, so... But if you, based on, you know, two weeks of the season so far, there's not really many teams, maybe Air Force, that you would look at and say, well, there's no way UNLV beats them. Or, or yeah, there's no way. You wouldn't say that about can many teams. Can't beat them. Yeah. Or can, you can't beat them. Like, what can't we've seen them. so far... Yeah, UNLV could beat Boise State. Yeah, UNLV could beat San Diego State. They won't be favored by any means, but there's no, there's nobody in the Mountain West you look at and say there's just no chance yeah. UNLV wins that game right now. Now, most teams have played one game, a couple have played two, three, four games into the year. Might be different. Right. Boise State, San Diego State might rebound and look really good for three straight weeks, yeah. and we're like, ah, they're probably not winning those ones. But that's what, I mean, right now, UNLV, it's probably this is probably as good of a way the season could have started for UNLV as possible. Um, one other UNLV note. Jacoby Windham transferred to Michigan State after he had a great year here. He had four sacks in Michigan State's opener against Western Michigan. The most sacks in one game for a Michigan State player since 2003. Um, Michigan State moved him from linebacker to defensive end. UNLV was okay. playing him at linebacker last year. He was good at linebacker, though. Wasn't he the Mountain West Conference? Was he? Well, he was all Mountain West Conference. Yes, but he was not. No, he was not player of the year. What happened? If you remember the story that we talked about, UNLV team awards. So just UNLV announcing awards. They did not name Jacoby Wyndham the defensive player of the year because he transferred to Michigan State before they gave those awards out. And Arroyo refused to give him player of the year on his own team even though he was clearly the best, best player defensive player on his on team. that defense, right? Not even close. He was the best defensive player on that team. And now he's at Michigan state getting, getting four, four sacks. sacks in a game more than anybody's gotten from Michigan state since 2003. Uh, and I just, I just very much find it funny that the, like the big story, Michigan state's head coach, Mel Tucker's like, yeah, uh, we spent the whole preseason talking about moving him to defensive end. Like why wouldn't they, why weren't they doing that before? Like, Oh, well, is it UNLV playing linebacker? He was good. He was. He was good. But what, if they put him a defensive end, does he get a bunch of sacks and fumbles? Maybe. Probably Especially does. in the Mountain West. Yeah. He's really good, by the way. Which, of all the of all the, the changes that happened for UNLV in the offseason, right? They had a ton of guys in the portal. They added a bunch of new guys. There's a lot of new faces out there. That's probably the biggest one, that they lost Jacoby Wyndham because he is legitimately good. Like, he is probably NFL getting drafted. Player. Right. Like, he's legitimately right. good. And if he had stayed at UNLV, like, it, you know, it's one player, it's college football. You don't want to be like one player changes everything. But if he's still at UNLV this year, that four wins might be five or six right. for me. Like, like, he's really good. And he's the guy that defensively, especially in the Mountain West this year, could have impacted games by himself, could have made the one or two plays that would have led them to win games this season. And now he's at Michigan State. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. 
I wanted you to see these player evaluations that you asked me to do. Bischoff's briefs. I asked you to do three. Yeah. Bischoff's briefs. To evaluate three players. Yeah. How many did you do? Bischoff's briefs. 47. Okay. Actually, 51. I don't know why I lied just then. Tonight, 7 o'clock, the Aces take on the Seattle Storm. The Henderson-Finley Fan Zone Watch Party is at Parkway Tavern District. Uh, that is right off the 215 by Green Valley Ranch. Demond will be out there. And if you wear Aces gear, you can get a free Miller Lite draft. So free beer, wear an Aces shirt, jersey, hat, whatever you got. Go see Demond and head out to Parkway Tavern District uh, on the t- right off the 215 by Green Valley Ranch for tonight's game. Game four of the WNBA semifinals. An Aces win will send them to the WNBA finals. A loss means we will get a game five back here in Vegas on Thursday. Um, now, this weekend, I went to California. It was a fun trip. Um, how it wasn't it? I uh, genuinely feel bad for my fiance. Brandy, uh, this was a nightmare for her. We went to... Saturday's Astros Angels game. And this this was a pitcher's duel, right? Shohei Otani was great. Uh, the Astros Luis Garcia was great. It's one to one. Game was going to be under in three hours, but nobody could score. So it was one to one after nine innings, meaning uh. we played into extra innings. And still, nobody could score. Uh. This game went 12 innings of baseball. Uh, nobody scored in the 10th, nobody scored in the 11th. And the Astros didn't score in the top of the 12th. The Angels walked it off in the bottom of the 12th with two outs. And, oh, by the way, there was a review of the hit to see if it was actually caught before the game was actually declared over. So it kept going. What would have been about a two-hour, 50-minute game ended up being four and a half hours. And you stayed the whole time? Yeah, we stayed the entire time. Um, Did and, she have a book? Uh, she had her Kindle, so yes. Thanks. She had, a, okay, had, a, had something to read. Good. The next day... 102 degrees at first pitch. Yeah. Uh, was one of the five hottest games in Angel Stadium history. And fortunately, that was a quick game. That one was over in under three hours. That was a very quick game. But I'm pretty sure we went to both the longest the Astros hottest. game of the year and the hottest Astros game of the year on back-to-back days. So I genuinely feel bad for my fiance, who does not like baseball and just tags along with me because be I nice. like baseball. Yes. Um, so I do genuinely feel bad that those are the two scenarios. It was... Do you drive or fly? Uh, we drove. Um, it was so hot there on Sunday that we were sitting like in the uh, sort of the second level and our seats were in the shade, but about half the section wasn't. Ushers were walking around to people that were sitting in the sun being like, would you like to move to the shade and would right. then walk them to new seats? Uh, there was a tweet one of the Astros beat writers before the game said he heard an Angels uh, stadium security guard say, hey, uh, make sure you're on the lookout for anybody that looks like they're feeling loopy because people are going to pass out today. Yes. Like it was pretty miserable out there. I don't understand how people were sitting in the sun. Like the Angels outfield seats are were in the sun the entirety of the game. And people were there. I do not understand how people were sitting in the sun. It was a nightmare. It wasn't. It sucked sitting in the shade. 
it wasn't very comfortable sitting in the shade and people were sitting in direct sunlight for multiple hours watching this baseball. The Padres game. actually gave out free water. Did they? Yeah, That's Aquafina's. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was brutal. It was a nightmare. Uh in that in that uh heat and yeah. So that was fun. Also, um I thoroughly enjoyed after Saturday's game. They had fireworks and we left. We didn't stay stick around for the fireworks. She'd been there for four and a half hours. I didn't care about them either. But as we're walking through the parking lot, fireworks are going off over here. About every, we'll say, 50 yards, a car was going, uh, its alarm was going off from the fireworks. <laughs> Just like walking through that parking lot. It's one of the <laughs> loudest places I've ever been in my life because it's fireworks and car alarms for the entire walk through the parking lot. So that was fun, too. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was our trip. Um, I also thought it was funny that after Sunday's game, while leaving the ballpark, you could get some of their free giveaways that they did not give away throughout the weekend. So they like had like bobbleheads. So, so like Saturday night, they gave out a cowboy hat with the Angels logo on it. Right. Sunday, they gave out like a little rally monkey stuffed animal. Okay. And apparently the Angels don't have enough fans coming to games that when you leave, they're can, sitting there handing them you out. You can get the free giveaways on your way out that they did not give away. Did you take them? Well, no, we got both of the things because we went to the games. We went to both Saturday and Sunday's games. So, like, will you ever wear that cowboy hat? Uh, not with the Angels logo on it. If I find a way to get it off, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a free giveaway, so I'm not gonna sit here and tell you it's a nice cowboy hat, but it's not like a super cheap cowboy hat. Like, okay. you can actually wear it. It's it's fairly decent gift for a okay. free giveaway cowboy hat. Uh, so no, we did try to give the little stuffed monkey uh, to our dog, but he was not interested in it. The younger or the older one? The uh, Tyson, the new one we got. Okay. Yeah, he was not intrigued with the monkey. He just ignored it and said, please pet me instead. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. Um, the other thing we did while we were there, uh, we went to a concert. And because we went to two baseball games for me, we went to a concert for my girlfriend, uh, our fiance, uh, some guy from Korea that I had barely heard of before. And but she knew who he was. Oh, yeah. She loves this guy. Um, the concert venue was like almost on Skid Row. Do you know what it was called? 1720. Okay. I don't know that one. Like it, it was it was just south of where Skid Row ends, apparently. So we, we figured this out like two weeks in advance. Like she bought the tickets months ago. And then we were looking up. All right. How are we getting here? And I was like, yeah, I don't think we want to go here. Um <laughs> So we we parked somewhere else in L.A. and got an Uber to this concert venue and then got an Uber back to where we parked our car. To the car. Rather than try to find parking around this venue because when we started looking it up, all the reviewers were like, you can park on the street around the venue, but you might not have all four windows when you come <laughs> back to your car. And I was like, okay. Or any of the wheels. Right. So I was like, all right. So we are not parking there. We are going to park somewhere else and Uber there. Um, and by the way, oh, I will say this best timing of a concert I have ever been to in my life. Why? It started on time. Okay. Doors open at seven. First act goes on at like seven twenty. right? Granted, we were not inside by the time he started, which was fine. She didn't care about that guy. He played until about seven fifty. The headliner went on at eight o'clock, uh, eight o'clock straight up. It was right at eight, right? This guy ended at seven forty, and my fiance looked at me and he was like, "Well, do you think he'll go on at eight? And I'm like, "No, I've been to concerts before. We're gonna sit here for an hour before this right. guy gets up there. Right at eight o'clock, he's out there. 
done at nine. Oh, concert was over at nine. (laughs) I'm like, this is incredible. (laughs) Like, we're out of here. We weren't even in that venue for two hours. Oh, this is incredible. Perfect timing. Loved every second of that. That was great. How many people getting Ubers out of that place? Uh, Everybody. Yeah, you were were waiting or no? Uh, Yeah, I mean, well, so he uh, played a song and then walked off. Right. Obvious, you know, encore thing. As soon as he walked off, I pull up Uber to try to get a ride. And as soon as he like halfway through his actual last song, I ordered the Uber. So we walked back out there and we were we were gone within, I don't know, five minutes of the concert being over. Right. This was impeccable. I big fan of everything that, that went on there. You're now a big fan of the artist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You start at eight and end at nine. (laughs) And I don't really want to be there. That's phenomenal. (laughs) That's great timing. Couldn't couldn't have done it better myself. So that was very good. Enjoyed that. Good trip for Labor Day weekend. It was. It was very good. Um, I also uh, am a big fan of living in Vegas and going to California on the weekends as opposed to the other way around because traffic coming back from L.A., perfectly fine. But the people oh, leaving, the people going, no, going to Vegas, it. forget oh. about it. That we used sucks. to come back from softball trips, and the red lights are, that you could see breaking on the other side going back to California, <laughs> what it was, it was insane. It was ridiculous. Yes, but coming back, you're fine. Yeah, going living in Vegas, doing it the opposite of everybody in California. Yeah, is perfect. It's better. So that worked out very well. But uh, yeah, so it was a good trip. I I enjoyed pretty much all of it, especially the Astros winning on Saturday. Which oh man. There's nothing better than a little kid yell, yelling cheater at Jose Altuve next to me the oh, entire no. game. <laughs> he was. And then Altuve hitting a home run. Oh, phenomenal. Can't get enough of that. What'd the kid do? Just sat down. <laughs> he was over it. Oh, it's so great. It's one of the best things that happens is everybody getting that. Like the best part is Angels fans over the two games made very little noise unless Jose Altuve was batting. Right. I should take that back. Otani pitched on Saturday. They were very happy when Otani pitched, but that was about it. And oh. Damn near sold out for Otani. For Otani. The game, the next game, there's like seven people at that ballpark. <laughs> that team is that. That's why they're handing out little stuffed animals. Yeah. Like if you're Artie Moreno, there's no chance you're trading Shohei Otani. Boy, I know if you're some, the new owner, you can't trade that guy. I know some Angel fans are in my fantasy league. We had our draft the other night. I'm there just begging that guy to sell. The only, they want that guy to sell so badly. The only reason people show up is because Shohei Otani's on the mound. Right. It's the only reason. They they don't even have enough Otani merch in the team stores. Like they're all gone by the time you get there. There are no more Otani shirts. It's ridiculous. Did you go through the team stores? Yeah, because my fiance wanted to get a Shohei Otani shirt, and she found the only small Shohei Otani shirt in existence. And she got it. Team store. Yeah, she did buy it. She also tried to buy an icy when it was 102 degrees out, and the icy machines were broken. <laughs> no, are you yes. serious? She walked to two different concession stands looking for ices on different levels, and they were broken. <sighs> What a disaster. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Drew McGarry joins the show. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. Joining us now from Defector is Drew McGarry. He's got the Why Your Team Sucks series. You can go read Why Your Team Sucks, Why Any Team Sucks. Uh, we're here to talk about why the Raiders suck this year. Uh, Drew, I think my favorite points you made in uh, Why the Raiders Suck this year is that they watched, as you put it, uh, literally nine other teams try to become the Patriots by hiring away people from the Patriots. None of them succeed and then decided they were going to do that as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> like, I mean, who would have guessed that the Raiders would be behind the times in terms of football <laughs> strategy? But there you have it. Who knew? <laughs> Is there any chance that Josh McDaniels works out a second time around? Yeah, I, I, I do think there is because I don't think it's because he's learned anything, but who says a coach has to be nice to succeed, right? Like, I think he could still be a complete bastard and succeed there um, because he has the bones of a good team. And I think they knew that when they more or less stood pat and then went ahead and traded for Devontae Adams. So, you know, they have the best receiver in the world. They have a perfectly competent quarterback in Derek Carr. There's no reason why you can't uh, go ahead and, and have an above 500 record with those guys, even if you're playing in the AFC West. I think they can do can do quite well. Um, but, you know, it's the Raiders, so you never know if they're going to Raiders it somehow. I can't believe any fans were negative. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's like a miracle that you found. Were any fans negative on the Raiders? It's a miracle if you found one person. They were hard to find because, you know, they're, you know the tradition of ex- excellence is so recent. Yes. So, so I mean, it, you know, I, I, I think it's been hard frankly, to find fans. Um, I know that the Raiders still, and I don't mean this as a knock against like you guys or anything like that, but like, you know, the Raiders still essentially have operated as if Raider nation still exists, but you cannot move from Oakland to LA to Oakland back and then to Vegas without having some of that nation erode. It's just not possible. And so like, you know, you'll see, you know, the, the Raiders fans that are diehards, you know, they have a section, right? Like, and that's kind of the case in Oakland, too. And I think it's, it's been hard for them to expand past that, not because of Vegas and not even because they suck, um, but simply because of the itinerant uh, nature of the, of the franchise. And, you know, also because, you know, it, it, they have had some issues in terms of just not being – if they haven't been good in the past few years, they've also failed at a certain level to be exciting, you know, and I think that's a that's as big of a problem as as the winning part. Like because you have to be aesthetically pleasing in some regard. You have to have somebody, someone to latch onto the way lines the lines do with Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, <laughs> people like that. Uh, did you have a favorite response from a Raiders fan? Oh God, I have to go back and look at the post. I didn't open up the tab. I'm so terrible. Like that. <sighs> I'm sure it was something. I'm sure it was something mean about McDaniel's visor because we all like to make fun of the visor because <laughs> he's like now like the forehead. That is sort of poking out a little bit, like like a like a heavy set lady, like wedging her foot into a shoe. Like that's where the <laughs> visor's going for McDaniel's, right? I'll I'll ask you a question that you wrote in here. I don't think you gave an answer to it, but how will Josh McDaniels alienate people this time? Yeah, I I mean it's weird that he traded for somebody instead of trading people away. That was the big surprise to me. Um, but you know, it, it will probably happen in ways that you do not see, or ways that will be sort of leaked after they've lost a really bad game. You know, I think Matt Patricia, you know, he didn't go ahead and kick people out in Detroit. They just hated him because he, you know, he alienated them while they were still there. And I think any Patriots assistant uh, who comes in and runs the show themselves, they have that unique talent. And I don't see any reason why Josh McDaniels couldn't keep deploying that talent with his own charges. Like, I, you know, there's no reason why Derek Carr can't end up hating his guts by like week nine or something like that. I can't believe uh, Gruden emails, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett. I mean, they must have been a class of their own in terms of last year and why they suck. Yeah, it was almost like, uh, you know, your, your cup runs over, you know. And it's like, it's unfortunate, too, because like with the Ruggs uh, situation, you're dealing with something that was like, really awful. You know, it's like, and it's not as if Gruden's, you know, emails were 
were, you know, pretty or anything like that. You know, they, they weren't murderous, but, you know, obviously, but like, it's, it's extremely fun to make fun of John Gruden for doing the exact thing you expect John Gruden to do, like behind closed doors. Um, but, you know, but having the, the stuff with Arnett and the stuff with rugs, it's like, it's odd because it was one of the things that I think people sort of joked about before the Raiders moved to Vegas. Like, ah, well, you know, they're in Vegas now, They'll do a lot of Vegas stuff. And then they went ahead and did it. And it's always, it's very Vegas for it to like, for it to be, not anywhere near as thrilling or as romantic as it sounds in real life when it happens. Uh, which team have you gotten the best fan responses from? The Lions, and then also the Packers are going up later this afternoon. And usually the Packers fans are really annoying, but this time around they did they did okay. They I think three years of choking their asses off in the playoffs has given them a bit of self-awareness that they had, they've lacked for decades now. And that was never a problem with Raiders fans. Raiders fans have always been pretty good with it, except for, like, you know, like once in a while we'll get, like, an email from, like, Raider Mills or something like that threatening to, like, slit our throats and what have you. And that's all very on-brand for the Raiders. Like, you got to stay in character when you're a Raiders fan like that. But, like, most of the most of the Raiders fans that read Defector, they they know the scores. Like, they're, they're old enough that, you know, none of, none of this uh, – buffoonery is all that new to them in, in any way or shape or form. Do you ever find it when you do this list every year of all 32 teams difficult to find reasons why someone isn't it, good? It has not been difficult this past off season because for some reason, you know, over the past 12 months, literally every single NFL team degraded themselves in some sort of very public <laughs> and very amusing <laughs> way. That doesn't always happen. Like there are years where I don't know what's right about the Falcons. Or I don't know what to write about the Titans. It was very easy this year. Like the Falcons screwed up and alienated Matt Ryan when Matt Ryan still sucked anyway. And then the Titans had the worst two minute draw I've ever seen uh, in the playoffs a year ago. So like they've all they've all gone out of their way to accommodate me, and I appreciate them. All right, is there an NFL team this year um, that is supposed to be good that you think is actually going to suck from a a wins loss standpoint, not just everything else they could do? I actually think it'll be the Rams um, because. Mm-hmm. They, um, you know, they bled a lot of free agents, uh, and they, they, you know, they paid Sean McVay, they paid Sam, um, they paid Aaron Donald, they paid I almost said Sam Donald, and they paid uh, Matt Stafford, right? So, so they locked up that core. But I think you know they strike me as a team like the 2009 Saints that will sort of live off the fat of the land for the rest of their careers. Like they got the chip, and that's good enough. Like like uh, Donald and. Uh, and McVeigh talked about retirement this year. And with McVeigh, it was almost like real if you read the Wickersham uh, ESPN profile of him. So I don't think that they're – like I'm sure that they will tell you they're motivated. And, like, every every team, every defending champion is like, now we want to repeat more than ever. And they never do. So I, I, I don't think the Rams will be good this year. That's my guess. Can you flip it and say a team that's supposed to be bad you think will be good? Yeah, I think the Falcons will be good. I think that they actually have – it's weird because you on the surf on the service they punted on this season because they got Bridge Corback and Marcus Mariota. They took Desmond Ritter way down in the draft in the third round, uh, and so you know they looked like a team that you know was waiting a year to contend. But everything that you know that I've read up on the team, like they they have a very good quarterback and they have uh, you know they have a, a decent running game even without Calvin Ridley. Their wideouts are really not that bad, and the division stinks. So I think that there is every reason to believe that they could. Be one of those teams where, like, they go nine and eight, or they go ten and seven. And you're like, how'd they do that? And like, 
and you look at their schedule at the end of the year, and you're like, oh, all right, well, they beat a bunch of nobodies. But, like, that's, that's kind of how that goes. There's always a few, few of those teams every year, and I think the Falcons will be one of them. Drew McGarry with us from Defector. Are you having a crisis because you want to like Notre Dame's head coach? No, because I watched that game uh, the other night, and I was looked at Marcus Freeman's face, and I was like, oh, I can hate this guy. This isn't a problem. Okay. So it ended up, everything <laughs> resolved itself. Even if Marcus Freeman actually turns out to be cool, and like there, people say nothing but nice things about him behind the scenes, he still has enough of a resting dick face that I'm okay with it. Like, I can, <laughs> I can, I can not like him, because my hatred of Notre Dame is now proven to supersede anything likable about Notre Dame within the program. So I'm very happy that has happened. I wonder if Brian Kelly loses his accent now. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it was funny because, you know, I watched them lose that game to Florida the other night. And on the sideline, he was still Brian Kelly, right? It was like, oh, well, it turns out that Brian Kelly isn't quite as amiable when he's not, you know, when it's not recruiting season, right? Like, it's, oh, it turns out that he's just the same old (laughs) bastard anyway. So, so, good job, LSU. You're going to buy Decade. Uh, which college football game is better? Iowa State beating South Dakota State seven to three, or North Carolina beating App State sixty three to sixty one? Oh, the other, the latter. I mean, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Who wants to watch Iowa play Me. football? I Me. Mean, that's that, that no. Iowa is great because it's so bad no. you can't turn away. I can't. I watch enough bad NFL football. I don't need Iowa doing a poor rendition of it. Like I don't need that in my life at all. I want to see an absolutely bonkers college football game that ends with a basketball score. And like they like blow two extra points. You kidding me? That's perfect. That's exactly what I want. Well, he is drew McGarry from the Vec- from defector. God, I swallowed my tongue there. Drew. We appreciate thanks, it. Thanks drew, for joining appreciate us. it, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on guys. See you. See you. So there's drew McGarry from defector. Um, again, it's the, why your team sucks series at defector. You can go read, not all the teams are out, but any team you want to read about why they suck, Drew will tell you exactly He does why. all 32, right? Yes, all 32 teams get a why your team sucks. Some, as you could tell from that, uh, have a lot more material than others. Uh, the Raiders, given what uh, all happened last year, have a lot of off-field material as to why they suck. But uh, yeah, at Defector, why your team sucks. And now we've got tickets to give away. Two tickets to go see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts September 9th at Allegiant Stadium. You can buy tickets at Ticketmaster.com right now or win a pair from us. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number 8 at 702-364-1100. You'll get tickets to go see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I think you know exactly where I stand on that. Uh, well documented that I do believe the players should receive a revenue share you know, from the massive TV deals that are, uh, <laughs> have been worked out. As I, you know, as I said back in the summer, I think you know, a large, large piece should come from the from the, the ones who are negotiating those TV deals, you know, the Big Ten. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's seven point something billion. It's a lot of billions. It's a lot of money, you know. Uh, yeah, I think the players should receive a revenue share. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Head down to Parkway Tavern at the District. Tonight at 7, the Aces take on the Seattle Storm. Game 4 of the WNBA semifinals. A win would send them to the WNBA finals. Damon will be out at Parkway Tavern at the District. Wear your Aces gear and you'll get a free beer. Free Miller Lite draft if you're wearing Aces gear. So head on down, Parkway Tavern at the District tonight for an Aces Storm watch party. Uh, Danny, was that Jim Harbaugh? Yes, it was. All right. Give the money to the players. Seven billion. It's enough to give to the players, isn't it? I know. It wasn't another Solomon quote, was it? 
the biblical reasoning for why he's playing two quarterbacks in two games. <laughs> if I'm the second guy, I'm excited, even though the first guy blew a Colorado State. If I would have had a choice, I'd be like, yeah, I'll take Hawaii. See, okay, I've thought about that after you said it last week. They're going to beat Hawaii so bad he might throw four passes. Or they might let him rip it away to see what they got in him. Maybe, but it is Hawaii. Are you really going to see what you got? They got blown <laughs> up by Western Kentucky. At Vanderbilt home. and Western Kentucky. Yeah. There's no question Jug Barnfield's thrown for five touchdowns against those guys. <laughs> he better. <laughs> Man, how bad is Hawaii? He better well, they almost didn't even have a program this year, so yeah. what, are we, what am I saying? They almost didn't have a team. It, the only issue is they play Hawaii so late in the year that maybe Hawaii has figured something out no chance. by week 11. They'll be 0-10. Or week 12, week 13, whatever that is by then. Probably. When you're 0-10, you're not figuring much out. That's right. They'll probably have quit on the coach, yeah. and the senators will be coming in to disband Remember the, the program. The Hawaii State <laughs> trying Legislature. Rid, trying to get rid of the program? <laughs> Hawaii had like 10 guys go in the portal, so there was a legislative meeting <laughs> in Hawaii about what's going on with the football program. That Can coach you they that? thought was That coach they thought was kind of a nut job. All yeah. the players were against them. Right, and then players came out and were like, this coach sucks and everything. But like, can you imagine? Because UNLV had a bunch of players go in the transfer portal as well. Can you imagine like Nevada State Legislature or the Board of Regents like calling an emergency hey, meeting? Listen, I've been to enough of those Board of Regents <laughs> meetings about coaches uh, that uh, I'm not. I put, don't put anything past anyone, even though I don't think they decide on coaches anymore. They do not have to uh, have the meetings to approve no, contracts. Contracts. But God, would I love? Well, UNLV footballs had 11 players enter the transfer portal. What's going on here? And the coach has to come down and answer for it. God, it's so stupid. It was Chris be Beard, right? Yeah, it was Chris Beard. I was at that meeting, and people think Chris Beard went to Tech for the money. I think he went to Tech <laughs> just for that meeting. He's like, this is how they handle things around here. I'm getting out of here. Send well, the jet. Send the jet. I remember correctly, there was a Board of Regents that had to approve his Texas Tech deal. But he didn't have to go sit through I mean, a four-hour meeting. There's no way he was sitting right. through those meetings. Like, Texas Tech signed off on that. There's always going to be, or there should probably always be, some oversight group or body right. or whatever that has to approve a publicly funded university. Yes, publicly funded universities, right. their contracts. I get that. There's no, real, there's no real issue with there being a board of regents that has to approve it. It's there's a board of regents that has a meeting in which Chris Beard has to be at that last like three hours yeah. and Chris Beard has to speak and defend why he's going to get paid that much money. That's the part that's funny when every other university is like, yeah, we just paid our college coach that much money and nobody asks us any questions about it. Danny, you were laughing. Were you at that meeting? No, no. Boy, I was sitting in the back of that one. It was incredible. One. I was, was there. It was incredible. Were you there? Yeah. Sitting in the back on that one. One that of the funniest play. meetings I've been to. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but the one guy who will never would never vote for giving college coaches money, uh, Trey Shock, Rick Trey Shock. Right. He was the regent that no matter what, he was like, I will not approve any college coaches contract. They get paid too much money. <laughs> Did not matter. They could they could he could have signed a five year ten dollar deal. <laughs> he would have said too much money for a college coach. They should be volunteering. It was great. Ah, oh, phenomenal. Would be funny if Chris Beard. Can we get Chris Beard unfiltered just on the Board of Regents meeting? I mean, now? Yeah. Would he talk guess, about I that? I guess we could call Texas. Like, I'm pretty sure he's uh, kind of anti ever talking about UNLV in his life again. Right. Because right. he knows. Like, he 
he knows what well, he's he here did. for like six seconds. Right, was pretty crappy. But I I don't even care about like uh, you don't need to explain why you left for Texas Tech. No, we, we know understand, why. right? But I just want can Chris Beard tell us what he was thinking as he's sitting there while he's sitting in, in like hour a three hour meeting. meeting during the Border Regions. Yeah. That that that'd be great. He's sitting there thinking, what in the hell is this? What am I doing? Nobody told me this is going to be three hours. I'm hungry. <laughs> I've got to start recruiting. These guys need players. <laughs> oh, what a great moment in UNLV history. Chris Beard. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Danny, do I even want to ask if you've been on the Aces game tonight? I have. Okay. Uh, well, what's the number? Four? No, right now it's actually, depending on where you look, uh, William Hill has a pick em. And um, Stations has Vegas minus one. Okay. All right. I selfishly, because I bought tickets to Thursday's game, so I selfishly bet on the storm for tonight. However, I will probably play a couple uh, Vegas player props. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you? So, Oh, so you've already you bet on the game, but you haven't bet on the player props yet. Correct. Got to wait until you get what information to bet on that. No, I just wanted to look inside more into information. It. No, I'll probably take a. I saw um, Kelsey Plum nineteen points for her over under point prop. Got to go over, Danny. Oh, I will. She's not been very good in this series. Yeah, got that. She's going to break it out. She's had some decent point totals in some games, but yeah. she has not shot the ball very well. No. Um, I feel like you have to go under on Asia Wilson, whatever it is. Uh, I think hers was twenty two and a half. Oh. I don't know if you go under in 22. I thought you were going to say like 28 or 27. I think you have to go under. On 22? I mean, she didn't average 20 in the regular season, and she's put up 30-plus in back-to-back games. I just feel like you have to go under. I thought 22 was low. Well, she didn't even average that in the regular season. Yeah, but just the back-to-back 30s, I thought they'd overinflate. And then you can also do um, combined points, rebounds, assists. You can do Asia Wilson versus um, Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart. That's a fun bet. That's, I don't know what I would that's take. That's pretty good. That's Stewart wasn't good. very good last game. No. So far, uh, Asia Wilson has a two-to-one edge on Stewart. <laughs> the only one that Stewart was higher was game one. <laughs> yes, I looked into this. Oh, Danny. You're the best. It's a good I time, think, so, right? I think I'd take Stewart in game four in that, that head-to-head prop. Probably yeah, a little because desperation. it's do or die. Yeah. yeah, it's desperation. She's I think gonna, I'd take Stewart. She's probably going to take situation. a lot of shots. Yes. Um, I also have tickets to game five. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that means I hope the Aces lose tonight too, like you. There we go. <laughs> but I mean, if they win, I'm going to go to at least one of the finals game. I won't, oh, go, yeah? to, I won't go to game one because it's NFL Sunday. Sunday. You're not, you're not, it's the you're first NFL that. week. But uh, game two, I think that's on a Tuesday. Tuesday uh, or Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and that should be earlier because they're probably go 8, 8, 15 in the yeah, East. Yeah. Definitely, I'll definitely go to game two of the finals. So if they win, yeah, I'll still go to game two of the finals. Definitely, well, wins game five. They probably got that going head-to-head against the NFL, too. 